Hello, Brother Daniel. What's going on, man? Well, I'll tell you what. We're over here keeping it real in an unreal world, and it's, and it's getting more unreal. And as you've seen, I just every every article that you read, every other article is about something to do with the kids, man. And um, yeah. And uh, that's the bad news, but the good news is uh, your church, your ministry is doing some serious inroads into making things right for kids. Well, thank you. Yes, sir, we are. I mean, we, we're we taking on hell with a water pistol is what we're doing. And uh, we've been doing this for 30 some odd years now. And uh, yes, sir, if the, if the church doesn't stand up and protect the kids nobody else is coming i promise you hollywood ain't going to do it religions of the world ain't going to gather the humanists the socialists of the world ain't going to do it they're not going to do it if the body of jesus doesn't step up nobody else is coming brother i'll tell you what hey i got i got a little short video i ripped off from your website well, i'm just going to roll that real quick for everybody just get a taste of, of your ministry what your ministry has accomplished so stand by Wow, what a what a what a legacy your church has there, uh, Troy. Well, thank you. Yes, sir. Those are just the numbers from 2022. Those are the 2022 numbers, is what those are. And yes, sir, we we started out uh, a little bit over 30 years ago, 32 years. It'll be 33 years this uh, this year. My wife and I did with uh, my kids, and we started feeding people out of the back of my truck and. That turned into one thing, which turned into another, which turned into another, and then five years later, we started uh, we started Open Door Church. And bro, whenever I first whenever I first started it, I just thought, well, we'll just start this thing and turn it over to somebody smart once they show up. And mm -hmm. I didn't know that smart people didn't sign up for church leadership. So, so I'm still pastoring that outfit, and uh, we're doing things all over the planet Earth. It's it's absolutely uh, an incredible privilege. Well, we're going to be talking about. Uh... Uh, the the Nephilim and uh, aliens and things, but uh, you know I, I kind of want to go go to this. Uh, you've got a a, a, a child's uh, a sex trafficking rescue program of some sort. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Okay. Well, it's interesting because tonight, you know, I know one of the subjects we're talking about is DNA and and uh, the Nephilim agenda before Jesus comes back, and we're talking about all those things and. I want to tell you, we I we work um, against sexual trafficking all over the world, and we're seeing it. We're seeing what the world is involved in and how strategic it is and how real it is. And if the church doesn't believe it, I'll promise you the devil believes it, and Luciferians believe it, and globalists believe it, and the elite believe it, and um, uh, you know the cartels believe it, and they're all practicing this thing, and they're and they're ramping it up and. So I have firsthand knowledge of all that because of this ministry that we do. Um, it actually all started uh, years ago. I was in Central America, and this is probably, I want to say probably 25, 27 years ago. And 
uh, we were, I was building food banks all over the world and we were building a food bank and this trash dump right outside of this trash dump. And, um, well, I went in there and was walking around, had interpreters and we were talking to people. And this lady walked up to me with these two little, these two little girls, probably, you know, nine ish, you know, nine year old little sticks. And they, I could tell that they were Nicaraguan refugee children. And, uh, she was talking to me in Spanish and this lady's real sweet and she's real good looking and she's an old lady and she's talking and everything's cool. And this man said, do you know what she's trying to do? And I said, no, sir. And he said, he, she's trying to sell you these two little girls. And I looked at them and then I looked back at her and she said, you can make a movie. And man, when she said that to me, I, it was like somebody hit me on the back of the head with a brick. I, I couldn't believe it. And I said, yeah, I'll buy them right now. How much? And I just busted out my billfold. And said, I want to buy these kids. And wow. I worked out a deal with her, bought those children, walked them out to the car, got them in the car and said, hey, you're going to remember this day for the rest of your life because Jesus sees you and he loves you so much. He sent me from another part of the world to come down here and get you. And I'm going to take you to a home right now. I was already working with a home that took in orphans and took in messed up kids. And so I took them there and those were my first two. And so after that, Daniel, I just started paying attention and all the works that we were doing all over the world in trash dumps. Um, you know, like like in Nicaragua, we have a food bank that feeds over 100,000 people a month. And in working with all of the trash dumps, I fit the profile of a sexual tourist. And I was a middle-aged white guy wow. that was stomping around in all these bad parts of the world. So they just assumed I was a sexual tourist. And I started paying attention and there was always kids that people were trying to sell me. And so we started, I just started buying them and started working out deals. And then we became a whole lot more strategic than that throughout the years. And then before we knew it, we'd rescued 10,000 kids. And so um, we do everything, brother, from kick down doors in, in Asian countries to uh, infiltrate uh, porno rings in Mexico and all throughout all the every single nation in Central America and three in South America. And then we do a huge work in Uganda and in uh, Nepal and also in uh, India. Okay. Well, hey, I got a picture that I, I know is from, from your ministry and your rescue program. Let's go ahead and if you can tell me, who is who is this and what's going on here? Well, that little girl is a girl that we rescued last year, and her name's Martha. She's a real good personal friend of mine. I'm her Papa Troy now. That's the day that we rescued her, and um, we rescued her on the Tex-Mex border. Since since Brother Biden opened up all the borders, um, the sexual trafficking on the border is way worse than anybody can imagine. And this little girl was actually a part of a cult that they called the Holy Dead, Santos Muertos. And uh, she was a part of the sexual rituals that they perform in order to worship the devil and to take on supernatural powers. So she's 12 years old. This is what she looked like the day that we got her. And this is what she looked like just a few months ago. There she is. Look at that. Wow. Yeah, she's a beautiful uh, little girl. and She's living a little girl's life now. But we see these kids totally transform. What that little girl was brought out of, you know, she's been like, oh, she has been working in this temple situation for the cartel since she was little bitty bitty thing and uh she's i mean this first time in her life she's ever been able to go to school or live a normal life outside of sexual magic mm. and so uh, she's been trafficked since she was just a baby yeah but look at look at the glow in her face that's, that's oh, she's awesome. beautiful yeah and she's a good girl too can i tell you a miracle that happened with her absolutely whenever we got her she had all these kids are always diseased and uh, something we always have to work with. And she had four different kinds of venereal diseases and she also had AIDS. 
And so we worked with her and worked with her. We worked at a whole bunch of clinics there. We got a whole bunch of doctors involved as we do with all of our kids. We sent her over to a specialist in Houston and a specialist in Houston was working with her. And I want to just tell you, she is completely healed. Wow. They cannot find AIDS in her body that she doesn't have any venereal diseases. King Jesus absolutely healed that little girl. We saw it happen and wow. it's documented on mm. both sides of the border. I'm going to start shouting here, man. All right. Hey, we've got another one. Let's take a look at it. Who, 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 let's go, go to before. What do, who do we have here? That That is a little girl that last year um, we rescued her. And again, she has been, she was actually, she was actually born to serve these monsters. Um, again, they, they pick out certain women and then they work with iniquity and they just do horrendous things. And then when they get of certain age and they can give birth, they take their babies and they make these girls work in these unbelievable Luciferian horror situations. That little girl is 11 years old. And when she was about eight or nine years old, uh, she actually had breast augmentation surgery. So that little girl was given a boob job when she was eight or nine years old. And uh-huh. she is there as, as an 11 year old child. That's the day that we got her. This is what she looks like now. Yeah. She's just a little girl. Wow. She's just a hobbit, mm-hmm. uh, Daniel. She's not, you know, you know, whenever we first got her, I thought, I thought she was like 17 or 18, even possibly 19. No, no, she's 11. Mm. And we got her and she's 12 now and she's doing so good. But again, that little girl has been a part of sexual magic that these people are doing and to reproduce a different kind of DNA. And this has been going on from the very beginning. So again, I have firsthand knowledge of this and we pull kids out of this and have been doing this for years and years. Well, that's uh, so interesting. That's very spectacular. She also had that, that sort of warm glow on her face uh, as well. And that just, just just seems that the spirit of God's in her now. And when you talk about sex magic, uh, is it, there's of course the dirty old men is want to rape kids and these kinds of things. Is there some sort of power that is really transferred through it? Or they just use it as an excuse to have sex with anything that has two legs. Well, it's, it's the whole gamut um, because, you know, this thing is a, is a thing that progresses. And when people are involved in sexual sin, it's, it's progressive. And that's why that's what, you know, this is, it's actually all a media phenomenon. Everything trans is a media phenomenon. Everything that's happening with all these children is a media phenomenon. As far as the gauntlet of waves and mobs of people that are rushing towards it now and actually participating in it now. And it's because of porno. It's because of the entire world is addicted to pornography and mm-hmm. it's not, you know, it's just become, Oh, it's just part of being a man, you know, just grow up. You know what? People are going to be a part of or part of porno. Here's what I can tell you, brother. If you're part of porno, you're part of a crime scene. If you are part of porno, you're actually a part of witchcraft. And if you're a part of porno, you're offering a portal into your own life to make you an accomplice with all this stuff. Mm. And I know that firsthand. I'm constantly talking to people about porno and say, Hey man, listen, be a dude. I'm a dude. I'm 110% a dude. I will not touch anything that has to do with pornography. I don't nothing because I know exactly what it is. And it's a gateway. It's a gateway drug into something that absolutely wants to not only destroy your life, but make you an accomplice to something that's global that opposes Jesus in such a huge way. Mm-hmm. And so pornography is, is a gateway drug at its, at its easiest place at its most 
heinous place. It is outright. They absolutely believe, and I believe it too, that there is certain rituals that you can go through and that you can become something else. Just like the Bible says, Nimrod, he became a mighty man, right? Mm -hmm. He had to practice something and practice something and practice something Mm -hmm. until he literally took on a spirit. And then the spirit literally transformed him, literally transformed him to where he became like a builder of cities. He became super smart. He knew all about the stars. There was this huge up curve and all, you know, he had a, he had a leg up on everybody else. And these elites and these globalists and these demoniacs believe that they get supernatural protection and they believe that they get supernatural wisdom and they believe that they get tech leg ups on everybody else by doing these heinous rituals upon these children. Mm-hmm. And it, if we don't believe it, they're, they're very happy with that because they absolutely believe it. Mm. And uh, what about adrenochrome? Are they extracting that as well? They are, absolutely. No, they are. And so, you know, you know about that kind of stuff. And most people don't know anything about that. But I mean, like if you just you can see it in broad daylight right in front of your eyes going on everywhere around you from the Grammys that just happened and that knucklehead that got up there to Megan Fox. If you listen to that knucklehead and how that she and her boyfriend drink blood and they do all these things together and they do this and they really believe that it makes them smarter and that it makes them superhuman. Well, it's the introduction. The Bible says the blood is the life. And there is something that is in that. And what they're actually drinking, they're not just going to just drink anybody's blood. They're going to drink the highest. It's like, okay, the top shelf, the top shelf of blood drinking has to do with the fourth generation of someone who has been groomed and bred to participate in all of this ritualistic horror. And and then they have a baby and they have a baby and they have a baby because they push iniquity to the fourth generation. This is something that they believe. Just like standing in a pentagram, just like, you know, saying the chant or the mantra or, you know, the, the whole cosmic lineup of the geometry and all those things, their blood drinking is not just any blood. It's like, hey, this comes from a baby of someone that we did horrible things to her entire life, somebody who, who comes from somebody else who comes from somebody else, and they track this thing. Now, the top shelf above that is the DNA from those people that are fourth generation at least fourth generation for the sake of what uh, for the sake of the biblical prince is a biblical principle a principle of iniquity that the bible says is passed down unto the fourth generation afterwards well these devil worshipers absolutely believe in that and they believe that it changes their dna and it makes them superhuman um <clears throat> are they able to change the dna say of these young girls that they're sex trafficking are they attempting to change their DNA? And if so, could they get to a place where they could not be redeemed? Uh Uh-oh. And then God enters into it. Okay, well, the devil copies that. And so he enters into iniquity from generation to generation to generation. And he enters into it, and boom, then there's transformation. So... This is something that's real that happens with us as Christians, and it's something real that happens with ungodly people as far as worshipers of the devil or globalists, or it will eventually become the Antichrist. And the point of that is this. They, these, these spiritual beings want to be able to say, see, that isn't your creation. That's our creation. We are the most high in this realm. And he's like, oh, no, you're not. Now, if you get your DNA trans, if you get it changed and you trans, 
and you do this transhuman thing and you get something added or taken away from your DNA, um, that's not the bloodline that Jesus entered into. And so, so much so that I actually believe that, you know, like the mark of the beast, once you receive the mark mm -hmm. of the beast, mm -hmm. uh, you are unredeemable. We all know that even though the gospel is being preached during the tribulation, the gospel is being preached, but there's all these people who once they receive the mark of the beast, they cannot be redeemed. Why is that? I think it's because their DNA has been changed mm -hmm. and they are no longer of the DNA beginning at Adam and going through King Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, with all, with this psychosis sweeping the country of people changing their sex, taking puberty blockers, genital mutilation, who knows what kind of other drugs, you think all, any of those could add up to the ability to change the DNA, or is that an immutable thing that cannot be varied in that in that in that way? No, I, it, obviously, you know, the world believes that they can change the DNA, and so uh, so and and I believe that they know. I think that they're years and years ahead of the typical knowledge of the rest of the world, and that's one of the things that these demons do is they give you a leg up. They give you a leg up in technology. They give you a leg up in wisdom. They teach you how to do warfare that other people don't uh, don't know how to do. They they always give you a leg up, and that's part of the cooperation. That's kind of the, the quid pro quo that you get from cooperating with these things, and they promise you all this power, and temporary power does come from it, but you end up being their slave, and you end up being owned by them. Um, so they truly believe, like right now, they believe, hey, hey, man, if we add... If we wanted human beings to be able to climb a wall, let's just say, hey, man, we need the secret serum of Captain America. We're going to inject him with this. We want to be able to climb a wall. Uh, probably we need some goat DNA in him. Mm -hmm. And they'll add that. Mm. Or they'll take out something and they'll add this. And this is a common thing. Everything that is transsexual, everything that is transgender is for the whole idea of transgression for the sake of transformation. And it's all about transhumanism. It's all about, at the very beginning, they promised, you know, the, the serpent, which just represents, you know, a serpent is always a, a deity. It's like a regional, it's a little G God that God Almighty, that Elohim Elohim created, that Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords, he actually created these beings. But, that, but a bunch of them fell. The serpent, he actually says, you will be his God. Mm-hmm. That's what he says. And that's the promise of these DNA changers is that you will be as God. Now they're saying, hey, we think that we can get you to be able to live forever. We can change your DNA to where you can live forever. And that's the ultimate promise, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, they're going for it. And everything's ramping up to Revelation right now. It's interesting that reptil <clears throat> reptiles and reptilians keep coming up sort of in these end times. I mean, you know, uh, it starts basically in the Garden of Eden. The, now the serpent was, you know, more wily than any creature made. And, but there's just this sort of running theme that keeps that keeps popping up. And um, um, there was there's somebody out there that is suggesting that something to do with the injection has rip, reptiles DNA mm. in or something to that effect. But uh, um, and then we have this this recent barrage of alien activity, which there. I mean, it seems like every day the military or somebody's rolling out additional information. You know, now they're now they're speculating on what they want. So I think they finally got past: Are they here? Are they visiting us? So, well, somebody's visiting us, whether it's the Nephilim or whether it's aliens or whether it's demons. Where, where's all this intersecting? How's this all entwined with the reptilians? Because it just seems like snakes and reptiles are, are everywhere. And by the way, I got a picture here. Let's, speaking of reptiles, 
Uh, I see you did some um, you did some uh, Nephilim beast reptile hunting here. Let's 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 take a look here. Uh, <laughs> looks like you you look like you've been hunting reptiles yourself, there, Pastor. Oh yeah, buddy. We went out gator hunting this last week. I took my sons out to the Everglades, and uh, we went out to Florida. And yeah, we got a 12 foot five inch gator. We got an 11 inch, we got 11 foot one inch gator, and I got a nine foot six inch gator, which I was I thought that was incredibly prophetic because that's six cubits in a span that happens to be the height of Goliath of Gath. And so I was very happy with all that. <laughs> and I got, I got one more thing. So I, I had to do my due diligence uh, and, and uh, research you, lest we had some kind of crazy man. And look, pray tell, what I found on the good pasture here. I believe we have it right here. I believe it's a, it's a, uh, a wanted poster. And uh, uh -oh. it's you. apparently it's you. Uh, what's this? Uh, you're wanted for... Uh, Talk, uh, talking about numbers in the Bible, exposing works of darkness without a license, trespassing on demonic strongholds, having fun following Jesus, all-around troublemaker. Uh, Pastor Brewer, I may have to turn you in to the local church committee with all this going on. Well, I cannot see what it is that you're looking at. You uh, can't? Your, your part is out there. How? Oh, nope, I, I can't. I can't on this screen, but we've got it up over here. I see it. That is so perfect. I want to just tell you right now, man, that is absolutely perfect, and that is accurate as well. Yeah, I, I do get a lot of hate mail because I'm known throughout the world as because of our media presence with Open Door Church. Um, you know, I'm on I'm on a bunch of, of church networks, and then, but I, I am very interested in prophetic things and i'm very interested like in this conversation we're having right now because all of these there is a biblical worldview for all of these things and jesus rules and reigns and we have to know how to give people hope and we can't just say no that doesn't happen well you can't argue just like i was saying with these these girls you you can argue that this doesn't happen but you can't argue with my 10,000 girls. There's been at least mm -hmm. 2,500 of those girls that we've saved out of this Nephilim sex magic thing. Mm -hmm. And you, you can't, you can argue all you want that it doesn't happen, but I'm personally involved in it. And so we have to be really good at being able to give hope. And we got to be really good at being able to know who we are and be men of God and be tough in the day that we're living in and go, no, dude, that's not the truth. I know what the truth is, and this is the truth. And because of that, I get into some really edgy things, and it really upsets a lot of people. Mm. And uh, I don't know. I kind of like that, though. <laughs> okay. I, think we're riding the, I think we're riding in the same trail there, partner. But, I think uh, so, buddy. Hey, but I've got an, I got a, I want you to go over. I got I got a slide here. I really want you to talk about here. Uh, Ten five six five here. What, what's going on with this? Talk talk about this right here. What does this mean? Well, we're talking. Whenever I'm showing this this picture right here, and I if you'll let me say this, we had a mm -hmm. I did a little video on it, and we put it on Instagram, and it's had 1.3 million views in like two nice. weeks. And I'm like, what the heck, man? <laughs> like, wow. And so, so a lot of people are really interested in this, and it's just so real. And this is our DNA. Our DNA is made up of a right-handed double helix, and in the midst of our double helix, our DNA that that is the code that God Almighty put within us that literally tells what our bodies are supposed to look like. Um, you know, obviously yours is far superior to most people. By the way, that's just very obvious. Yeah, obviously. said nobody ever. And and then and then there's these sulfuric bridges. There's these mm -hmm. two sulfur atoms that mm -hmm. create these bridges 
that happen at these nucleosites within this double helix. And it doesn't it doesn't bridge every single time. It bridges every 10 times, every five times, mm-hmm. every six times, and then every five times. That's what it does. And it's like, okay, and then it repeats over and over and over again. Well, in the Hebrew alphabet, in the in the Hebrew alphabet, there's there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And not only does every single Hebrew letter have a phonic sound, but it also has a numerical value. And not only does it also have a numerical value, but it also has a prophetic picture. And so I know that the yod or the, is is the tenth, the five is the hay, that the six is the vod, and then the uh, five is the hay. And so so what? Yahweh vahe is Yahweh. That's how they spell the word Yahweh because they don't do vowels. And so. That it literally says this belongs to Yahweh, and not only does it say that. In case in case you want to know who the Creator Yahweh actually is, um, all you got to do is look at the prophetic symbols. So the first one is the Yod. What is that? It's a hand. The next one is is the the equivalent of the H or the Hey. It's the number five. And what is that? It means behold or it means to look. The next one is the is the ve, and what is that? It's the nail. And then what is the next one again? It repeats, and it's behold. What is that? Behold the hands, behold the nail. Wow. So it literally says Yahweh throughout your DNA, which is why these demons hate it. They hate your DNA. They hate your blood. This is why they've been trying to exterminate the Jews forever and ever and ever. This is what happened in Noah. And if you guys want to talk about all that, man, I would love to unpack that. And I'd love to show you that. This is why Nephilim sex magic has taken place today and why there are all these bed altars all over the world. This is why in all the ziggurats, there's always a bed chamber on the inside of all these ancient ziggurats all over the world. And I've seen them. I've been in 56 nations throughout the world. I study these things. There is always a bed chamber that is just like Deuteronomy chapter 3 where King Og, and it talks about his bed, his iron bed, and they're always the same exact dimensions. And they are exactly the same dimensions that Moses mentions in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 3. And like, what is that? They're crea- there, there is a seed war, Genesis 3.15. There is a true seed war there is a dna war that is taking place and the antichrist will be of this other seed and he will totally represent this and he will try his hardest to convert the entire planet to that and so a it's just to rub it all in the face of god and say this isn't your planet is mine these are not your people they're mine and uh, that's the dna story so once once the the way i look at it is if our dna is changed you know, it says it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. There, and then, you know, the, the judgment seat, seat. It seems that there, and we talk euphemistically about the gates of heaven. I'm just thinking that there might be some guardrails in place that when you go to heaven, they're going to check your DNA to see if you're a human. And if, that, hmm. if that's not the exact fit that God created in the beginning, I don't know you're going to even get in there. So, so what speaks for us is, of course, the blood of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus is the DNA of God entering into the bloodline of Adam, going through Noah, which is a very important thing. So it gives us the genealogy. In fact, whenever Noah gets introduced, it says, and these are, and this is the genealogy of Noah. It, that's how Noah is introduced. And then it says he was perfect in all of his generations. Well, that doesn't mean he was that doesn't mean that he didn't drink, obviously. That doesn't mean he didn't have family problems, obviously. No, it means that he was genetically perfect. He was perfect 
in all of his generations. He was. And then it goes on. He's like, so he actually preached for 120 years and nobody got saved. I don't think he was preaching to try and get them saved. I think he was preaching in exactly the same way that Jesus was preaching when Jesus went to hell and he preached the gospel for those nights before he was resurrected. He was there declaring the word of God and exactly how it was going to go. And he was he was slapping death around and saying, this is how it's going to go, and there's nothing you can do about it. Mm -hmm. I think the reason why uh, Noah didn't have any converts is because it's very likely he was the last people left. He was the last of the bloodline that was left. He was perfect in all of his generations. And so God completely wiped out everybody. Now, anytime in the Bible, Brother Daniel, that you see God telling his people, hey, I don't want you to, when you come among them Amorites, and when you get among them Jebusites, and when you get, when you get around those Amalekites, when you get around certain groups of Philistines, wipe them out. Mm -hmm. I'm talking yeah. about men, women, and children. Yeah, so and, and animals. So, and animals. So you can see the screen if you look to your left. Is that? Can you see the screen now? I can't. I can. Okay. I can see two screens, and I'm at okay. the bottom, okay. and it's just a picture okay. of you at the top. Okay. okay. All right. Well, I do have that up there. It's uh, Deuteronomy 20, 16 through 18, and it does say that. And I, I was thinking about that actually the other day, where it's, uh, there's several times when the Bible where, where God commands them to wipe out everyone, including the women and the kids. But it seems to me there, there's a a type and a shadow there of, say, for instance, um, a, lot, a lot of times you'll mention is say if guys watch pornography, you know, then then you'd let a little bit in. In other words, let's say that's a child, you know, uh, uh, you know, it, that's still in your it's village, aggressive. and then maybe you start looking at live women, and then you're, you know, then that's a say a female you're letting in your village. In other words, you can't have <laughs> anything like that in your life. To the smallest thing, you need to ask the Spirit of God to to cleanse your life and point these things out because God says you have to wipe all this stuff out. And, uh, and I, so I, I was just sort of thinking about why did he say to kids? Cause, and he always said utterly because he didn't want any trace of that, uh, of, of the, of the, uh, of the demonic force in around the Israelites. That's right. Well, and because their DNA was not Adam's DNA, it was Nephilim. And so, so any time in the Bible that you see God saying, wipe them all out, yes, sir, that's a great revelation, what you just gave, and it's a great layer of revelation, and it's so real, and it's so awesome. It's also another revelation of that is also this. He's like, because, here's the deal, God has great patience for his creation. He has no patience at all for something that isn't his creation, for something that has perverted his, so he's like, I don't want you intermingling with them. I also don't want your animals messing with their animals because the Nephilim also breed with animals. Mm -hmm. So he said, I want you to wipe them out. Whenever he wiped out everybody at the flood, it was because of DNA. And the Bible says that in Genesis 6, that he was perfect in all of his generations. Whenever God Almighty wiped out all of Sodom and Gomorrah, everybody thinks that it's because they were homosexuals. That's not what the word says. In Ezekiel, it says it says two things. It says, it says this is the sin of your sister Sodom. And this is what she did. And it says this, that she had no mercy whatsoever upon people that need mercy. And it goes through all of these different things. Wouldn't feed the poor, wouldn't help people, all this kind of stuff. But then, are you ready for this? Everybody's like, yeah, but, but, they, but they committed abominable iniquity, the Word of God says. Yes, and they proved it when they came after the two angels that was there for Sodom, mm -hmm. that was there for a lot. Everybody thinks that, that they wanted them because they were men and because these were homosexuals. No, they wanted them because they were angels and they were used to sex magic. 
And that was why they wanted them. Mm. And they were used to being on the other side of this where they cooperated with this thing and they fully expected these angelic beings to cooperate with them sexually. They bring them out that we may know them, the Bible says. And they're like, uh, no, we don't play that game and we're going to wipe you all out. Let's go. And wow. that's exactly what they did. Mm. So, so you also see it in the promised land when God said, wipe them out, all of them, wipe mm. them out. It has to do with this DNA thing because at that time it was actually a threat to the Messiah even being born. Mm. You know, Brother Daniel, you know, there's so many, so many strange things that I run into throughout the world. And I've actually, again, I've actually seen this over and over and over again. And one of the places that I've seen this is in two different ways. Dan, I need to figure out how to turn this thing off. I'm having all these brilliant ideas. So I don't know if you're hearing them over there. I got it. But one is this. If you hate the Jewish people and if you hate their guts, if you're somebody that's like, man, I just hate Jews. I just can't, I can't stand them. I cannot stand me a Jew. I want to just tell you, it's not because of their race, because there are black Jews, there are Arabic Jews, there are European Jews, there are Russian Jews. There are every kind of, every kind of race you can imagine. If you hate them, it can't be because of where they come from. Because the Jews today that have gathered back um, in Israel, they come from everywhere. They come from the four corners of the globe. It can't be because of their language, because they speak different languages. It also cannot be because of their politics, because they tend to either be right wing of Attila the Hun or left wing of Gandhi. So why do you hate them? It's because you hate their blood. Mm. Mm. You hate their bloodline. There's an there's a unholy hatred towards their blood. That's what it is. Well, when I see this thing going on that they're that they're perpetrating upon these kids all over the world and with young women and having them bear, bear babies that they're going to use this for and all this kind of thing, what I see is this. They want to contaminate the bloodline. They, they're desperate to contaminate the bloodline. And that's been going on since the days of Noah. And Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, mm -hmm. so shall it be when the Son of Man returns. Jesus is coming back soon. And the rise of the Nephilim and the little G gods in our being among us is a big part of it. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the Nephilim um, could be considered the giants. And, and you mentioned uh, in Matthew where it says, such as in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the Son of Man cometh. Well, in those days, there were giants. So are we That's going right. to see literal giants, literal giants, or are these disembodied spirits of these giants that's going that maybe have already infected and indwelled in uh, uh, human beings? That's that's a good question. So yes, sir. If I can just read to you, buddy, uh, Genesis chapter six, and this is you know the Bible is very selective in what it tells us mm -hmm. because it assumes that we're going to know all the other stuff we're supposed to know because at the time that this Bible was written, there was a lot of things that were common knowledge that we've lost in the midst of antiquity. So. In Genesis chapter 6, it says, Now it came to pass when men began to multiply upon the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God, the sons of God, saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they choose. Now I want to stop and just say this. These sons of God are also known in other books, non-biblical books, like the book of Enoch. And uh, if we were just talking about the book of Enoch, they're also known as watchers. Mm -hmm. And the sons of God are literally created by God because God had a heavenly family and God had an earthly family. And there was a falling out among his heavenly family. And there was also a falling out among his earthly family. And he didn't offer redemption to his heavenly family. 
He only offered redemption to his earthly family. And now as many as are led by the Spirit, he calls us sons of God. We literally are replacing them. And instead of those guys, those created beings, that special class of what you and I would call angels, ruling and reigning throughout the cosmos, you and I will rule and reign throughout the cosmos, completely displacing them. Well, they don't like that. So it says that whenever they took on, whenever they looked upon the daughters of men, they took mm -hmm. them for wives. And then the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. I think a red flare went off on that day. And I think a horn went off and God says, okay, cats, you cats got 120 years and it's over. And, it's, and that's what happened because it took Noah 120 years to build the ark. And so I think that that was that. Okay, well, man was living up to be almost a thousand years old during, uh, during that time. And after that, it got cut short after the flood to about 70 years. That's the grace of God. Because of all this Nephilim interaction between the sons of God and then the Nephilim, which they created, mm -hmm. and then they died, and then their spirits were displaced, and then people cooperate with those cats, and then and then you create these hybrids within the bloodline. Mm. Okay? So if that, because of that, God's like, you know what, man, I'm going to cut everybody's, it's the grace of God that he shortens our days from a thousand years to about 70 years, because man, you might live a completely righteous life for 300 or 400 years and get caught in a bad season in your 500s. And he's like, I, this is too much. This is going to overwhelm these cats. There's too many different scenarios where things can go wrong. I'm going to give them a shorter window of opportunity. I'm going to give them a short, and it's actually for their own sake. Just like in the book of revelation, it says, and in those days, the days would be shortened again. And then it says for the elect's sake, so it's literally to remove opportunities for these Nephilim or the, or, or what these Nephilim create among us to get us. Mm -hmm. Do you, yeah. Have you ever found that you have a perception of somebody you meet that their DNA has changed? Is, is there anything perceptible to a spiritual minded person? Is, you know, let's say black eyes or a feeling no, no. hair on the back of your neck. Does any, any, any kind of thing like that? Yeah, that's a great question. So I've we've seen we've seen the full gamut in doing ministry throughout the world um, of of everything uh, from from spiritual things that manifested as natural things, which I think fall into the Crimea category. So it's like okay, so you have the sons of God, then they had sex with the daughters of men. They created these Nephilim. Those those Nephilim became men of renown. That means men of supernatural ability. Or they also, if they mated and if they if they interbred with, say, uh, fish or animals, mm -hmm. that's where the whole mythos of all those different kind of hybrids show up, right? The goat man, or mm -hmm. even even something like is as ridiculous as Bigfoot. Well, it's not ridiculous that you know there's been ten thousand, twenty thousand, fifty thousand sightings of that and documented cases of it. What's ridiculous is that you can't find a single bone, you can't find this or whatever. I think it's because it's a spiritual being with physical properties that it can manifest. Mm -hmm. And there's all kinds of supernatural paranormal thing that goes on with all these things. When people see that, they get horrified, fear comes upon them. They'll actually see all kinds of paranormal things happening. What that is, that's a portal opening up, and that's this creature from hell being made manifest. Well, whenever that is in people, they manifest differently. I can tell you that one of the things that happens is that if you carry the presence of the Lord with you, and if you're not afraid of this kind of thing, you take it serious, but you don't need to be afraid of this. The Bible says Christ in you is the hope of glory. 
I've been, you know, my son is in here right now, and I can tell you that we have been in multiple situations where just people would just manifest. And one of the ways that they manifest is they they do crazy things. I'm talking about crazy things. I'm talking about a captain in the Mexican police that didn't even have a, a wrinkle on his clothes. He just looked at us and he was looking at all the food that we were smuggling across the border and he was going to steal it. And all of a sudden he just opened up a thing. Was it flour, Ben? <laughs> was it fl- it was dried milk. He opened up a thing of dried milk and milk and just started pouring it all over himself. And then he looked at us and said, you can go through and there's nothing I can do about it. Okay. Well, he manifested and this spirit spoke through him. And I mean, and we saw it. My son Ben and I was in Northern India and there was an old woman there uh, who came to us. And we're talking about a hillbilly woman out in the middle of the sticks in Northern India in Orissa, India. Uh, she only spoke whatever dialect she spoke, and she came up. She spoke per- perfect English to me, and she told me that me and my son were going to die on that trip. And I want to tell you, we almost did. Whoa. She put a curse on us, and this spirit manifested and did this. Avalright had a spirit manifest, not in a uh, people way, but my wife and I was in Uganda, East Africa, and uh, we were getting ready to go to bed. We just got through doing our mosquito net, and all of a sudden I was like, Man, you smell that? And I could smell like electricity. And I looked at my wife, and my wife was pointing, and there was a purple dot, just a perfectly round circle in the center of the room, and it was like a deep purple. And uh, I'm thinking of smoke on the water now, yeah, sorry. Right, right, right. And it was there. I see the guitar. This deep purple thing. <laughs> yeah, you can do that riff, right? Because I can too. So it's there, and we're like, what is that? And I'm looking at it thinking, what the heck is that? And all of a sudden, it was like somebody injected fear into me, and I couldn't hardly move. And this thing began to scream at us. And it spoke in a language I'd never heard, but we understood exactly what it was saying. And it was saying to me, and it was saying to my wife, and my wife will verify this, we heard it speak to us. And this was not like a, a two-second thing. This went on for maybe 10 minutes where this thing was just yelling and screaming at us. And there was nothing we could do. We didn't know what to do. We were both very young when this happened. And it said, you're going to die. She's going to get raped. You're going to see it happen. She's going to beg for her life. You're going to beg for your life. And it just give, kept giving us all these horrible scenarios. And then it said it was going to decapitate me. It's going to cut my head off. And so I was trying to rebuke it. And it was just such a strong spirit. And again, I was very young. I was in my 20s. I just turned to Leanna and I put my forehead up against her forehead. And we started crying out to Jesus. And it started screaming, telling us to stop it. And we just started saying, Jesus is Lord. And we invite the presence of the Most High God in this place. And it screamed and it left. So mm-hmm. Leanna rolls over. She goes to sleep. She's done. She's out. And I'm going to stay up all night long. And I'm praying. I went into the living room. And there was no electricity in the house that we were at. And there was already a candle burning that a man was in there. And he said, is everything okay? The man that owned the house. I said, no. And I told him what had just happened. And he said, he said, did it tell you it was going to kill you and that you're, you was going to see your wife murdered? I said, yes. He said, did he talk about he was going to sexually molest her? I said, yes. Did he tell you he's going to decapitate you? And I said, yes, sir, he did. He said, yeah. He said, this is the spirit that comes when the, when the Muslim rebels are close. They're very close tonight, and we need to stay up and pray. So the next morning, whenever we got up, it was in the newspapers that those Muslim rebels had come into the area where we were at, and they were actually looking for us, and they came within a mile of where we were, and they didn't find us, praise God, but they had murdered a ton of people, and they had decapitated people and done everything that that demon had said. Those people literally become like a hive mindset 
And they literally do what this demon tells him to do, and he is manifest through these Muslim rebels. And so, yeah, we've actually seen it. If somebody was to come across that, uh, what would be your recommendation for them to uh, use the name of Jesus? By the way, I, I, we talk, talk about alien abductions. Uh, over the years, um, the people that say they have been abducted, even the non-believers appear to say that, uh, you know, rebuke you in the name of Jesus. In other words, uh, now I can't verify the people that said they were saved and got abducted or not. I think there's more people that were abducted that didn't even know Jesus but knew about the name. But none, And they said that the abduction stopped. But none mm -hmm. of them said, I use the name of Allah, I use the name of Buddha. I mean, nobody's ever done that and, and prevented an alien abduction. When that happens if it happens if it's real what is what is going on are those demons taking people to a different dimension what what do you think is happening pastor yeah it's i think i think it's clear that it's a manifest it's a manifestation of this whole demonic thing and it's like well but there's technology involved yeah well there's always technology involved in this always and that's that trips people out like if you if you do, if you do the study, it's like okay. So we were talking about Deuteronomy three and the the bed, the the sex bed, the Nephilim sex magic bed of Og, right? Right. And and he actually talks about it in there. It's made out of iron, and that's during the Bronze Age. And it's like whoa. In fact, the Philistines, because they hired all of these giant mercenaries, Gath and his brothers, right? Mm -hmm. the, the sons of Anakin, being among them. Um, they actually, the Philistines also had iron blades and they had iron shields while the Israelites actually had bronze blades and they had bronze and shields, meaning they had a huge, a whole different era ahead of everybody else as far as a leg up and they were much more advanced. So imagine how they have been advancing the people that cooperate with them since then. Imagine their advancement of, to, of technology since then, mm -hmm. which it was, it may have already been far more advanced than it is mm -hmm. now, and we're just now returning to that. Mm -hmm. With that said, um, if there was going to be, if there was going to be, if 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 tomorrow some UFO landed at uh, Washington, D.C., I had, I, my, my good friend Darren Stott asked me this in an interview one time, he from the Seattle Rival Center, he's a trip. And we're, here he was in front of a thousand people, and we're live, and he says, all right, first bull out of the chute, he asked me was this. He said, hey, he said, aliens. And I said, are you kidding me? He said, no. And he goes, really? What are they? Where are they from? What's that all about? What would happen? Would there be an open door church service on Sunday if aliens landed in uh, Washington, D.C. on Friday? And I said, shoot, yeah. Man, we'd have one of the greatest church services ever on Sunday. And it's like, really? Tell me about that. I said, absolutely. So the issue is not if there are things that we don't know about and if there are not all kinds of weird things going on. That's not the issue. The issue is, uh, is it of God or not? And my question would be for any aliens is this, do you serve King Jesus, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last? Are you part of Yahweh's camp or are you some other punk camp? I want to know that. Mm. And I want to know that. Are you a friend or you a foe? Because I'm with King Jesus and nothing's going to rattle my faith in that. Things will rattle my understanding all the time, all the time. I get my understanding rattled all the time, but that ain't the same as a faith quake. Like, okay, no, that ain't a faith quake. Oh, I didn't know this could happen. Man, this was new. I didn't know that could happen. Well, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, and I'm not surprised then. Okay, then I'm, let's go. Are they of God's camp or are they not of God's camp? What are they offering, and what is the deception that they're bringing? Mm -hmm. 
And that's the question that I want to know. I do not know of a single case of any kind of paranormal, terrible thing that was happening, whether it be aliens, alien adoption, Bigfoot, uh, poltergeist, whatever it is. I don't know a single case where there has ever been a drop-dead, sold-out Jesus freak that didn't cry out to King Jesus that the whole mm. thing didn't stop. Mm. Because the presence of God is what busts their whole nefarious theater right on. And it's theater. It's a bunch of baloney. And um, it, it's, it's, it's just theater is mm. all that it is, to deceive you, to deceive you, to deceive you, to deceive you. And that's why we cannot be deceived in these last days. Mm. All right, so we have a poll on our a poll on our website here uh, for people that are watching the program to, to take. Uh, who are the Nephilim? And their choices are the sons of God, giants, aliens, fallen angels, demons, or got no idea. The results right now, Pastor Troy, giants at 38%, fallen angels at 30 demons at 15 aliens at uh, 7 6 and a couple of people don't know who, who they are, don't care really, and uh, then sons of God, about 3.5. So it looks like most people believe that they, they are giants. We were talking about the book of Enoch, though. It seems that Enoch talks about how that uh, the watchers are, uh, I'm not an expert in this, this field, but if technology was transferred to humans. They were taught metallurgy and all different kind of things. I'm just wondering if, as in, and we were talking about Matthew earlier, that these same Nephilim, are now downloading information for AI. AI is big now. It's everywhere. It meant, I don't know if you heard Joe, Joe Rogan, but I guess there was a Joe Rogan, a, a completely fake Joe Rogan podcast, and a lot of people thought it was him. And this, the, the capabilities of, of this AI has got some people saying we need to put a pause on it. But back in the, in the book of Revelation, I want to put this to you. It talks about um, power was given unto the beast both to speak and to make rules and actually to kill the children of God. It, it almost it seems it, 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 it seems as if humans are giving power to something, and it, and this thing is going to come to life and it's going to speak. Well, AI is now speaking. Do you think that any way that could refer to that? Because AI has already said. I mean, you just hear these things saying, "Well, it said the other day it's going to wipe out humanity because they're like a virus." You know, I, I don't know what this AI. What do you think about all that? No, I, I think it. I think it's right on because not only are not only are we dealing with the antichrist and the beast and the false prophet, but we're also dealing with what the Bible calls the image of the beast. And the Bible says that the image of the beast is going to speak false prophecies and lying wonders. The image of the beast is an image that everybody sees, and so I think that that falls directly into that category. And again, it's the same spirit. Um, so, if I was going to unpack what are the Nephilim, and if we were going to you know, and trying to unpack that. This is this the way I understand it is this the sons of God, right? The created beings, right? And they're they're Elohim, which means Elohim just means a spiritual being. That's what it means. And we say, well, isn't God Elohim? Yeah, he's Elohim because he's a spiritual being. But he's also Elohim, Elohim. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's the spirit above all spirits. These things are not competitors with him at all. So they're not on the same playing field. He created all of these things. He created his family, his his uh, earthly uh, family and his heavenly family. But then, and when, whenever Genesis 6 happens, and we have this thing, we have the sons of God, right, which he had put over his creative realm, and they were supposed to rule upon his behalf. That's what they were supposed to do. And what they decided to do was, they decided, no, we're not going to do that. And there was actually a falling. Uh, there was a falling out among them. And so they fell, and they began to corrupt themselves and defile themselves, not only with 
not only with human beings, but I believe with plants and with fish and with mm-hmm. animals, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff as well. Right. And so they did that. Okay, well, right after that, what was born out of that is the Nephilim. And these Nephilim were physical beings with spiritual properties. That's what they were. And they were something else. And they were horrid. And they were giants. And they were horrid. And they were bad. And they basically were just consumers. And they consumed and consumed and consumed and consumed and consumed. And um, I, you know, I think, I don't think, you know, my, my son and I have been talking about it a lot. I don't think that the sons of God were really impressed with them. I think they were like, holy mare, like what the heck, right? They're like locusts. Okay, whenever the flood came and they wiped them all out, when they wiped them all out, those bodies were done and those spirits were disembodied. Now, here's the deal. Whenever you read, so it's like, okay, well, then no giants happened after the flood. No, it happened again. And that's exactly what Genesis 6 says. It says, it says uh, when it came to pass in the fullness of time on the face of the earth, uh, daughters were born to them the sons of God, and it goes off and it says this, and then in those days, and also afterward, Mm -hmm. when the sons of God came to the daughters of men, they bore children to them. So it happened pre-flood in the golden age, and it happened after the flood. So there was another fall. There was another falling out that happened. Um, uh, Dr. Michael Heiser would always say that he could see three different falls, not just all at one time, but he could see three different times where there was different spiritual groups that fell. And I've been always fascinated with that. Mm. Now, here's the deal. These these fallen, the the Nephilim and the giants who died and they were they were slain. David David ended up wiping them out. You don't find any more giants after David. Uh, he got done with them. They fought them. They're done. Their spirits are what you and I would know as demons. That's mm. what they are. Mm. But here's where their parents are, the sons of God. They have been locked up, according to the book of Jude, in everlasting, quote-unquote, gloominess. The darkness, you know, they, they're locked up in this place that Peter calls Sheol, which he was referring to the mythos of the Romans and the Greeks. He was referring to that, meaning everybody would know what that is. It's kind of like referring to the movie Tombstone if you're talking to a bunch of people that are Western historians. Mm-hmm. It's like referring to Tombstone. Like, we're not saying it's the Bible. What we are saying, though, is you get what that is? Okay, well, then this is the truth. You get that picture. You know that story, so it's like that. And Mm. so Peter actually even refers to that. And so in the Greeks and the Romans, you have the Titans, which which that comes from the sons of God. And then you have the Pantheon, right? And that has to do with the Nephilim. And then under that, you have the demigods. And the demigods is what we're talking about in these last days where these spirits are cooperating with human human beings and human beings are cooperating with these spirits and they're literally producing human beings that have a bad demon and they have supernatural abilities and also they are manifesting naturally as 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 hybrids or crossbreds between animal things and spiritual things and that's where all the myth of you know vampires and werewolves and uh um, Bigfoot and those things come from, and that's why they disappear, and that's why people can't find them because they're moving in and out of realms and and within dimensions and back and forth between the first, second, and third heaven. Mm-hmm. If a if a person uh, say is been messing with the dark side, how would they know if uh, they have a demon? Wow, that's a great that's a great question. I w- I want to just tell you this: if you have messed with the dark side. There is a place for you to cry out, and you can repent. 
And you can turn to King Jesus because a big part of this is loyalty to the Lord. You know, everybody thinks it's about behavior. It ain't about behavior. It's about the fear of the Lord is not just about behavior. The fear of the Lord is about I am loyal to God Almighty and I am his man. And if you've been a part of pornography, if you've been a part of, I don't know, some weird thing, whatever that is, you know, Ouija board or whatever, or I don't know, transcendental meditation, whatever exactly. mess that that is, you've been worshiping the stars, you, you've you actually been a numerologist. I'm in the numbers, but I'm not a numerologist. I'm into the word of God. I'm into the kingdom. If you've been into those things, I want to tell you, repent. You can cry out to King Jesus. How would you know if you had a demon? Oh, gosh. I'll tell you how I would know if you had a demon. I'll tell you how how somebody else could know. I don't know because I've never had a demon, but I I can tell you this that uh, um, a demon cannot abide the presence of Jesus. A demon cannot abide a proclamation of the Word of God. A demon cannot abide somebody who stands in Christ and Christ stands with him. You know, cry out and asking Jesus into your life, asking to fill you up with His Holy Ghost. Cry out, profess your sin, and declare your allegiance to the Most High God and say, Lord, from this day forward, I belong to you and you belong to me. Enter into that special blood covenant that can only come from King Jesus to the Father that we access by faith in Him. And faith in Him doesn't mean, man, that you got it all figured out. Faith in Him means I'm putting all my trust, all my chips on the table are into Jesus and nothing else. I'm all the way in. So Jesus, the life is in the blood. That's right. And... Of course, the DNA is in there as well. So I'm just wondering then if the DNA is changed, that the life is no longer in the blood. You know, the Bible says that whenever whenever these people transform like that, they they literally only can think evil continually. And it's like, why? Because they have knowledge of good and evil. In other words, they have the ability to access the knowledge of God's goodness, and they have the ability to access the knowledge of everything that is not God. That's what the knowledge of God of good and evil means. And it, this, this one, this knowledge of evil begins to take over. Your heart becomes so corrupt, and you become so deceived that you literally just turn into animalistic nature. You know, it's all about fight and flight. Mm-hmm. I want to eat. Uh, I want to have sex. I want to go to the bathroom. I want to do this. I want to do that. And it's about that. You just become reactionary, right? Mm -hmm. You become animalistic um, within nature. Uh, People with the spirit of God are not like that. And again, transformation happens. True transformation happens whenever you give your heart to King Jesus. Mm -hmm. There's all these scriptures about the blood of Jesus. And I love these scriptures. Can I give you a couple of these? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Thank you. All right. So, let me see here. Um, Hebrews chapter 5. Let me see the... Hang on a second. I have... I just lost my notes. I'm sorry about that. Okay. I'm going to give you a couple of these uh, scriptures whenever it comes to all sure. this. Galatians 3.16 says this. And it's a 3.16 scripture. Daniel, isn't that cool? Yeah, I love it. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He did not say unto his seeds as of many, but as of one and to your seed who is Christ. So when we enter into the blood of Jesus, we enter into the seed of God, right? And we have access to that by faith. That literally affects us. We have the potential now to totally take on the mind of Christ, that we get our entire lives transformed by the renewing of our mind. We literally become something different. You can have an entire bloodline of alcoholism, and it can end with you. It can end with you. 
because of the presence of Jesus within your life. It can literally change. It can literally change what you pass down behind you, and, and it can literally change who you are right now. It works that way in, in the in the demonic, but where sin does abound, how much more does grace abound? You know, it, it, I promise you, it works. Transformation happens whenever we give our hearts and our minds and ultimately our bodies, our flesh, our lives to King Jesus. And we say, you know what? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. As it is in heaven, let it be here. And that's what all these demonic people are saying. As it is in the darkness, let it be made manifest here. And it happens. Well, if these knuckleheads can access that kind of power from that kind of being deceived, how much more so can we access heaven through the spirit of truth? No, man, you can't be afraid of this stuff. You see, you know, like the goat man of Lake Worth. Hey, I've seen that brother. Oh, my God, I'm freaked out. I want to tell you, no, that stuff can manifest and it can be real. Here's what's real, too. The spirit of the living God can be made manifest in your own life. And you can see signs and miracles and wonders and the fulfillment of the scriptures in your very lifetime. And if it wasn't true, then how could all these demonic people actually access this? When the Bible says there's going to be a great deception, do you think that is a one-time event or is it a period of deception? Because I would say my, my view of the country is that this country is completely deceived already, but I'm wondering if it's, is it an ongoing deception or is it going to be a, a central uh, catastrophic, catastrophic event? Yeah, well, I do think that there will be a catastrophic event, and I think that there'll be, but we definitely live in the age of this deception thing. And so it's like, no, because because this deception actually comes from giving permission. It literally comes from bowing your knee over and over and over again. And we've actually seen that. You know, we've seen that here within the past few years. Okay, here's the deal. Uh, you got to wear a mask. Okay, well, wear, wear a mask. I mean, everybody in the world knows that a mask does not stop a virus. It, it, it's not designed to stop a virus. A mask does, it's it's designed to stop bacteria. Okay, well, this was a virus. Okay, well, I'll just consent to that, and I'll consent to that, and I'll concede to this, and I'll concede to that, until finally you're just a puppet, and you're walking, and you're stepping and fetching according to the spirit of pan or pandemic, right, which is a hybrid pandemic. It's Azizel. Azizel is one of the watchers. Azizel is one of those spirits. And it's literally, it means the goat spirit. Well, it's, it's a hybrid. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. And it causes a panic. It causes a pandemic. And so it is a spirit that was unleashed. I tell you what, resist. Um, I, I used to have a friend of mine that used to go to, um, he, back in the 1980s, uh, he would actually, he was one of these guys, he would go into cults and they would actually bring him in, and he would be a part of a cult, and he would try and rescue certain people. And I love rescue guys. I'm a rescue freak, right? And uh, he would go in and ask him, how do you keep from being indoctrinated? How do you keep from being brainwashed? How do you keep from doing that? And this is what he said, I never cooperate. Mm. If they say get up, I go to bed. If they say it's time to eat, I don't eat. If they say this, they say that, I just do not participate in it. And I, I stay out of their mind meld, their Vulcan mind meld, mm -hmm. uh, by just simply not going along with it. So we have to be of a different spirit, and we got to be led by the Spirit of God. We're in an age of deceit. It's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Like, I don't want to hear that, Troy. Too bad. Suck it up, <laughs> buttercup. Man, you are a bad motor scooter. It, it, the Spirit of the Lord is within you. Um, times are, you didn't sign up for easy whenever you signed up for Jesus. You signed up for better. Mm. 
And so I'm not going to be shocked. I'm not going to be dismayed. I'm not going to be on dope or on Prozac, rocking back and forth. I am going to be effective in these days. And but I just but isn't, that, isn't that the way it is, though? Uh, it's all about the Jedi mind trick. That man is a woman. You know, I mean, isn't that, isn't that a Jedi mind trick? <laughs> yeah, tell me what to say. Tell me what to think. Tell me how to move. Well, that's so, what the Word of God is supposed to do for us. And that's what the Spirit of God is supposed to do for us. I promise you, there's not a single child right now that is going through the transgender procedures, which is a transformation. Mm-hmm. That's what this whole thing is about, right? Mm-hmm. So um, there's not a single one of those children that's going through that that was not indoctrinated. There's not a single one of them that's not doing this because they want to get along with their parents or they have respect for their teacher or because they want to feel special in some way and people applaud them whenever they engage within that behavior. That is a learned behavior. Mm -hmm. I don't have a single dog that thinks that it's a girl dog if it's actually a boy. I don't have a single chicken that does that. I. None of my kids do that. I, I, it's craziness. It's absolute craziness. And it's this. You will be told what to think, and you will say yes. And that is the equivalent of believing in the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks that believing is just having this super ability to be able to just go, boom, and you just get it. No, no, no. It means cooperation. Believing and faith have to do with submission and cooperation, according to whichever spirit it is that you're putting your faith in. Hmm. Well, you know, I, I seem like I, I can go on. You there there is climate change. There's no invasion at the southern border. Gas prices are low. I mean, you know, it's like okay, anything anything that you know is true is not true. What they tell you is true, and that's the first that's the first step. When you hurt when you hear something, the the best thing to do, especially from from the me- mainstream media, is believe the exact opposite because there's always a program that's trying to manipulate you from the front side of that. And you have to start from the back and work your way back toward the truth. But there's also another phenomenon going on, Pastor Troy, and that is the anger that's in this country. Now, is there, is there, uh, I know you do a, a lot of number of research in the Bible, 23, 11, 11, these kinds of things. Is there anything about anger that you've come across that could explain what that is? Yeah, there is. Number one, it's, it's, I don't know that, you know, we're limited in our language because of English and also, too, because we're both hillbillies. And so that, that limits us. But with that said, there is, you know, there's there's anger that is righteous anger. Mm-hmm. And people ask me all the time because I get mad. I'm going to tell you, you know, if if you're involved in what I'm involved in and if you're not mad, uh, I'm worried about you. It's kind of like when I was a kid and I used to ride bulls. If it, man, my coach would tell me, he'd say, hey, man, you get in that shoot. And if you're not terrified, there's something bad wrong with you. And then, okay, well, good. Yeah, well, situation normal. Everything's fine. Well, I'm mad, and I'm mad all the time, but it's a righteous kind of anger. It's a holy kind of anger. It's like, no, I'm not going to just sit there and let this happen. Not on my watch. I'm not going to. The Bible says, be angry and sin not. So the Word of God says, hey, man, when you get mad, just make sure that you don't walk out on Jesus whenever you get mad. Mm-hmm. Okay? Be angry and sin not. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Now, the counter to that is malice that comes from a hateful kind of selfishness. And this is a personality trait of these demons, of these Nephilim Mm -hmm. spirits, Mm -hmm. and of their hybrid offspring, is that they have, they have, okay, the spirit of self-control is one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So how much Holy Spirit do these cats have? They don't have any Holy Spirit. 
So how much emotional intelligence do they have and how much self-control do they have to not lose their mind when they freak out? I mean, you see all these Karens, "Ah, (laughs) ah." well, they're just manifesting a demon and it is a spirit of selfish malice because they have no self-control. And the reason why they have no self-control is because they do not have the spirit of the Lord and the spirit of God has departed them. And that's, that's one of the side effects. I was, I, this crazy thought when that when that guy said in one video, it's ma'am. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but anyway, I know exactly uh, what you're talking about. It's, I'll tell you what, it's ma'am. I'll tell you what, that wouldn't have worked with me. I'll, I'll tell you right now, Ben, would that would that have worked with you? And that guy rage and all that, and he's going to throw his big his big tantrum. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you what, there needs to be men rise up and say, okay, well, listen, if you're going to scream at me like a big boy, then we're going to roll around on the floor like two grown men are going to do, because you're not going to you're not going to stand there and scream at me like that. Mm-hmm. And like, well, man, Pastor Troy, you're a man of God. You got thousands of people in your church. You got you can't you can't no no no. There's a time people just need to be put down on the floor. I promise you. And like, man, that's a horrible thing to say. That's not an angry thing for me. It's this. You do not get the microphone. You will not control me. You do not get to control the spirit of this house. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I rebuke that spirit in the name of King Jesus, and I'm not afraid of you. The devil literally wets his pampers when true people of God stand up, and they are not afraid. Hmm. Have you ever heard of the uh, LWCOA? No, sir. Limp-wristed Church of America. <laughs> and uh, I believe that's the majority of the churches out there today. The LWCOA, special membership dues are, are appreciated on that one. But they're filled with people that we were talk, talking about earlier, how it said destroy everyone in the village. Uh, but in, in these types of churches, everything's okay. We have an umbrella. Everybody come on in and because every, and no matter what you do, God loves you. Come on in. And I think... That's breaking, of course, that's breaking churches apart. It's, it's, it's decimating the spirit of God. But what I want to ask you, Pastor, is for, for the Christian men, particularly watching this show, what does a strong Christian man look like in these times today? Wow, man, that's such a great question. I want to tell you, a strong Christian man is loyal to King Jesus and loyal to his family. And he serves King Jesus and he serves his family. He he sees he sees his emotional self-control as serving his God and serving his family. He sees the works of his hands as being impactful. He's constantly looking at what kind of wisdom do I give and when do I keep my mouth shut? And this is a deal. I'm going to be stable when everybody else is not going to be stable. He sees his own stability as one of the most valuable assets of the day. He doesn't apologize for being a man. You know, you were saying earlier that, um, you know, these these limp-wristed, these limp-wristed leadership within these churches, they're going woke. And it just, oh, man, I want to tell you, it just, it, it just, I just look at it and shake my head and go, man, don't do that. Don't drink that Kool-Aid. Do not bow your knee to that. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, you can be anything you want to, except for a godly man that's full of masculinity. You can be anything you want to, except for a strong, godly family that doesn't do dope, that doesn't freak out, that's not caught up in the mainstream cultural events. You can do anything you want to, but you can't be that. You can do anything you want to, except for actually be a selfless demonstration of freedom, redemption, and the goodness of God. And so I would say that there is such a huge need in the body of King Jesus, and because so many of us are fatherless, 
we see the little things that we do as dads and we think that it's a big deal and it's not. It's it's a dedication and a commitment and a faithfulness that says, I'm going to be selfless and um, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And what I'm doing is not for me. I'm taking as many of my family and my friends and my kin with me as far as I can go. And anytime that Jesus opens up a door, I'm going to go through it. And if I don't have it figured out, too bad, so sad. I'm still going to go there and I'm going to believe I'm going to find the sword of Goliath once I knock him down. Otherwise, I ain't even going to take a sword. I'm not going to worry about it. And I think that there's a tremendous tremendous need within the body of Jesus to be okay to just be a dude again. And I'm going to tell you, I'm doing it. And everybody around me is doing it too. And it makes a lot of people, I get a stack of hate mail about that big every single week of everybody calling me everything from a racist to a homophobe to whatever. And my number one, I don't answer that. I save all that in case I ever run out of toilet paper again, I'll have something (laughs) if there's ever a toilet paper crisis and I'm happy to do that. But also too, I, you know, for anybody that would call me a racist because I'm because I'm white and because I'm a dude, um, I would say, okay, well, how many black people did you feed last year? Because I fed over a hundred thousand. How many how many black people did you rescue out of sexual trafficking? Because I've got over nine hundred black kids that have my name, Brewer. How many? I could go on and on and on and on and on. And so I just say, you know, just put up or shut up. And if you're not willing to play on that battlefield, then you can't meet me on the field. Because I'm not going to go play in your sandbox. I'm not going to. To have that kind of godly confidence, also to being determined that you're going to be full of joy every single day and that your family, your kids, your wife, uh, your, your the people that work for you are not worried about which which version of you is going to show up. Um, all of these things is how we serve the Lord. And, um, man, there's a great place for it, a great need for it today. And people can be so impactful by just being the men and women that God Almighty has created them to be. You know, I was reading some history uh, about the, the Roman gladiators and uh, the Christians that were uh, persecuted, thrown in, into the Colosseum. They said that the, the, from a objective point of view, the writer of the story said that they would round the Christians up and feed them to the lions in the Colosseum for entertain, entertainment. But they said there were two types of Christians. And they said some of the Christians they brought out would be, be screaming and crying, begging, begging for their life. And then it, they said they observed there were other Christians that were in the chains that seemed to wear the chains as 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 decoration as as part of their pride as part of uh, you know in a grand way. And they said, it said that people in the stands would jump out and go to those people and say, "Who is this that gives you such confidence and faith? And why are you not cowering in fear?" I think. That was a secular report. I, I think that's the kind of Christians we need to be. We may go down and change somewhere in some FEMA camp somewhere, but we can wear it as a change, change of honor. And, you know, like when Peter looked up, you know, getting stoned, I mean, and Jesus looked up, said, forgive them. I think, you know, it may come to, come to some, some people can get their heads cut off, but it's going to be such, it can be such a testimony that it's going to win people to Christ even, even through that. Man, brother, I think that that's spot on. I, I, I've done a huge study on martyrs throughout history. I'm a, I'm a big history freak too. And I've, I've been to a lot of these places and I, you know, in, in the midst of all my travels and missions, I always go to, to historical places. And one of the things I see in these Colosseums is in these two different kinds of Christians, the first group that are cowering and afraid, you know, that, you know, I don't, I don't blame them. I, I know that 
I, it doesn't mean that they weren't saved. It doesn't mean that they didn't have a serious conversion. It might have been that they're brand new in the Lord, and they just didn't develop. They weren't far far enough down the line to be able to know how to stand in a place naked with chains on while everybody was making fun of you, getting ready to watch you get mauled to death. That is a skill set. <laughs> I want to tell you, being confident in the Lord like Polycarp or something like that, and being able to walk towards a fire and go, no, this is fine. That is a skill set that most people don't even live long enough to actually know how to tap into the presence of the Lord like that enough privately to where they can exhibit that publicly. So those groups of people, a lot of those people were new converts. Some of those people were just, you know, they they were being executed on a bad day. However, there are others. There are others that full-blown had a grace of God upon them. They had practice walking with God in confidence privately, just like King David said, hey, I did these things privately. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen publicly. This is how it's going to go. And that's why, that's why, I mean, we've got to walk with God and be confident men of God and, you know, and, and do that thing and, and, and live that life every single day privately, because the day will come publicly where we need to be able to stand in a strong way. And if we can't do that privately, don't think for one second, we can't do that publicly. Mm -hmm. I like what you said in one of your videos, talking to the church, your church there. Uh, and you were saying, um, I think you may have said we were talking about pornography for for people saying if if you know fight it you know you said fight it you know I mean we're all tempted the Bible plainly says you're going to be tempted um, you know but God also gives you grace to to fight that temptation but you said you kept saying fight it and you said if we can't do it if we can't show the world that we can do it then who can do it so you know we're all engaged in battles one way or another fight the flesh and evil thoughts and different kinds of things we're always in this battle in, in this body uh but um i think what you what i like what you're saying is you can fight it that doesn't mean that you're going to win that battle every time but you keep fighting it and the spirit of god will help you get through it and you come out on the other side and you can fight some more battles and you get more uh have your spiritual acumen improved and your spiritual gifts begin to manifest it at a greater place and you'll make more of an impact to those around you. Well, amen. Just be committed to the fight is the first thing and go, no, I don't want to be a part of this. And there's a part of my flesh. Listen, dude, I'm a dude. I'm 56 years old. I've been fighting this my whole life and I still have a propensity and I'm not ashamed to tell anybody because I still have testosterone. I have a propensity towards pornography. I could look at pornography just like anybody else could, but I don't. And like, well, why don't you, you know, you've been neutered. No, I haven't been neutered at all. <laughs> What I have decided is, and I practice this over and over and over again, that when this stuff comes to me, and it will come to you, it will come to you. All you mm -hmm. got to do is own a phone, and mm -hmm. it will indeed come to you. Mm -hmm. When this stuff comes to me, that I know what it is, immediately that I know what it is. Instead of seeing how it introduces itself, I see what I see what it is that's down the line. I've seen these girls in cages. I've seen these kids wearing black. I've seen these girls that, you know, nine and 10 year old girls that have been forced to have boob jobs. I know what this is. I know the kind of slavery it brings. I've seen how it destroys families. And I know that Jesus ain't in it. And I cannot be engaged in pornography and be engaged with King Jesus at the same exact time. It's impossible. So I have developed skill sets that whenever this thing comes to me, and I mean, I can feel it. And I, again, you know, ladies, uh, I know that women have a problem with pornography today too, but I don't know what it is for a woman to feel that feeling before a guy. It's like a needle being injected in his neck and you can feel it all the way through your body. And you're like, whoa, oh my gosh. Okay, we have to be smart enough to know what that is when those things happen. Mm -hmm. And we're responsible, totally 10,000% responsible for what impacts us. Mm 
Mm. We have to own the responsibility for, whoa, I don't need to let that impact me the way that it's impacting me. Mm -hmm. That's making too big. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So what I do is there's a couple of things I do. Number one, anytime that I get any kind of porno sent to me, and I want to tell you, even like whenever we're doing Open Door Church or I'm doing one of my podcasts, there are porno rings that literally just start sending porno spam. Right, Ben? And I have to have a whole team of people that do nothing but just try and block it out. Wow. Because they just start boom, 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 boom. They just start sending that trash, just trying to bring as much chaos and sexual interference as they can to the holy message, you know, that we're bringing across. But when that comes to me privately, I promise you, and again, my son is in this room. He will verify this to you. He's 32 years old. I will send it to him. I'll send it to my executive pastor. I will send it to my wife and say, look at the trash that's coming to me. You know, not today, devil. It ain't going to get me. And we all do that on staff. We all do that. I also have true accountability. And I, I tell everybody this. If you're afraid you're going to get caught on a bad day, don't let there be a bad day. You need to set up several other people that have that have access to your iCloud, and they can see every single thing that comes in and everything that goes out. Like, oh, no, no, I'm not that committed. Oh, no, you need to get that committed. And then after we do those kinds of things as well, Whenever pornography comes to me now, you know what I do? When I look and I see that woman, when pornography comes to me and I see that woman and she's so sexual and she's so beautiful, I start to pray for her. And I say, Lord God Almighty, save her from the lust of men. I pray, God, that you'd save her, God, and give her a heart to know you. Man, you talk about tapping into the spirit of the Lord in the midst of those kinds of things. And then I freely talk about it. And if people don't want me talking about it, you know what? Change the channel, dude. There's 7 billion people on the planet. Go listen to somebody else. I'm actually going to be transparent about these things. What I find is that when I actually act like that and when I encourage other men to act like that, I see men come out of. I saw one guy recently. He told me he'd been addicted to pornography for 31 years. He's completely set free, 110%. So knowing how to let the Spirit of God invade that space that we think is ours, it's mm-hmm. not our space. All of that stuff, even your own sexuality, your own sexuality belongs to King Jesus. So serve him in it. Serve him in it. And that doesn't mean not ever having sex. That's not what that means. It means serve him in it. Do not depart from him when it comes to your own sexuality. Serve him in it and find out what that means. Mm. Yeah, I noticed when I was doing my ranting points, as I scrolled down, I think uh, usually I scroll down Fox News or Breitbart or Gateway Pundit, and then there, you know, there's always a woman in a bikini, always cleavage shots going on in there. But when I was scrolling through, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm instantly. There may have been a time, way back in when, I would linger a little bit. Now I say, no, titillation by, titillation by. You know, I know what you're doing. I know what's happening here. No, 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 no. You know, fight it. Won't deal with it. Yeah, you know, we got to be able to deal with the discomfort of those things. A lot of people just have to give in to any form of pleasure because they've always got a black screen right in front of them. You know, just like the people of the Dark Ages, they would go to a black mirror and they would stare into it and it would tell them how to feel, how to think, and what was going to happen. And they're constantly clicking and responding to things, and that dopamine is being released. And so they don't even know how to, if they feel like eating 25 times a day, well, they got to do it because they don't know how to say no to that. If something comes across their screen, they got to click it because they don't know how to say no to that. No, man, we have to live according to a different spirit and 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 practice that constantly and continually. And when we fell, and you're going to fail, and whenever you fell, and you go, you know what, I thought about that longer than I should have had. I engaged in something I shouldn't have engaged in. I should not have been a part of that in any kind of way. Dude, repent. And I don't mean hide it and move along. I mean actually have a, a group 
and again, if you can't be a dude, and if this is not a part of your regular walk, then this ain't going to happen. If you go to the first church of the Frozen Chosen, and everybody wears a mask, and everybody's got the same exact haircut, and everybody talks exactly the same, and everybody dresses the same, and it's all a joke, you know, this ain't this ain't going to happen. You got to be able to go, man, you know what? I'm having a wave of this attack come against me, <laughs> and I need some help. And then somebody said, man, me too. This thing's been coming after me too. Well, dude, let's stand together and let's be in covenant together and let's fight this thing. And wherever two or more gather together in agreement, there Jesus is in the midst of them. And boom, he will just make that spirit run off. But it's because you're loyal to the king. Mm. But anyway, I was telling Hunter, man, the website, your ODX TV and your ministry website and the resources that you provide – are second to none, and I, I've been. Wow. I mean, second to none. I look. I designed websites for I don't know how many years. I said I got on the radio to begin with. I designed website back in 2003 for a radio station. But wow. uh, so I've seen. I'm. Uh, you know, I know what's good. But the, the the presentation and the easy links that are easy to understand, and it, it's it's it. You can tell that it's very organized, and it's not. It doesn't overwhelm you, but it gives you specific things that you can easily look into and, and ingest and grow with. And I've never seen a ministry website and series of websites like that. And I just want to give you guys kudos on that. It's just absolutely top notch. So, oh, so why don't you tell us how, what people can see with your website or is there, can they watch you live? I mean, give me, give us some stuff on your, on your, on your ministry. Well, right on. So there's two things that we like to push everybody to. One is ODX.TV. It stands for open door experience.tv. And we have literally every, every, form of video that we produce we put it on there it's a one-stop shop like even this this is going to be on there when i'm on other people's shows i ask for it and they give it to me and we put it on there and um we have that we also have my school of prophecy we also have my school of numbers and so i have a book that's called numbers that preach and i have um i don't know how many videos but like what does number one mean what's two mean Mm -hmm. And all those kinds of things. Um, I also have, anyway, there's so many things. Works that we do all around the world, um, all those kinds of things. And then all of my pulpit sermons and all of our teaching from Open Door is all on there as well. And you can find it all in one place. We also have, anytime we do anything live, it's on there. And then if you subscribe, and if you subscribe at the third level, I'm sorry, if you subscribe at the second level, there's one, two, and third stage. At the set, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's free on there that you can just watch. The second level is also includes a whole bunch of other stuff like we have, we did this prophetic life. It's a mentoring thing. We have thousands of people that signed up for it. It's question and answer time. We do that every Tuesday and every Wednesday. I might be talking about a certain constellation or I might be talking about a prophetic gift or I might be talking about something in headlines and then everybody asks questions and then I answer all those questions. And if you, and then we also have all of my conferences are live on there as well. So you can mm-hmm. find all that at odx.tv. Yeah. Like I say, man, the, the website is, all of them are just awesome, man. Just so well done. I've never seen anything like it. I, I love going through there and I, I, I don't even like going to websites, you know, I've, I've got life to live, but man, I'm oh, growing, thanks, you know, man. if I'm giving thank everybody you. watching the show a plug, this is not a paid plug endorsement or whatever. And if I'm saying it, you know, it's got to be true. Well, Pastor Troy Brewer, I appreciate, <laughs> appreciate you coming on the Edge broadcast. So how'd you like the interview style and how, what's your overall opinion? Well, it was fun. It was way different than what we usually do. And I'm, I'm so appreciative. You know, I typically have to take my hat off. And so I wear a hat 24-7. And it ain't because I don't have no hair. I got beautiful hair, brother. I'm just telling you this. <laughs> but, I, but, but I'm a hat guy. And uh, I have a ranch, and I have another ranch called Redemption Ranch. Mm-hmm. And 
Um, but I usually have to put a jacket on and I usually have to, have to put some slick them in my hair. I'm yeah. kind of a dapper Dan man. I don't oh. know if you know about that. Yeah. I'm a Paul, and, I'm Paul uh, made. <laughs> Are you Paul? <laughs> You're funny. You're folding money. You're losing your folding money, sir. So anyway, I'm all about that. And, and then also too, I mean, it's very pulpit oriented and I can do that. I've been a pastor for almost 30 years. I can do that all day and I can do that with some of the best of them. But I don't tell you, I'm much more this kind of guy. I'm much more, hey, just let's talk about whatever you want to talk about, and I'll just share my heart the best that I can. And, brother, you have the gift of real, and I'm very grateful for that. I have the gift of real, and I love your show, and just pray for its continued success, my brother. Man, you're killing it. Okay. All right, Pastor Pastor Troy, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks, man. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.